under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Some classic funk, ladies and gentlemen. What's that? Eddie Bader stayed on. What, 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 what's up? Uh, I like this. Love Jamie Brown. <laughs> now, folks, have you ever seen me walking around town? Or you ever seen me on like a treadmill at the gym or something? By the way, the show is brought to you in part by Express Fitness 24-7. If you ever see me over Express Fitness 24-7, getting warmed up, and I'm not just walking, but I'm like snapping my fingers and whatnot. I'm listening to something like this. So when you get on the treadmill, do you do a little dance walking? Yeah, yeah. You got a little, I got a little bit of a pimp walk. I got you. A little bit of a lean, a little bit of pep in my step. Gliding my stride and dipping my hip, so to speak. Are you pimp hand strong, Joey? Oh, well, that's a whole other topic. I don't feel comfortable talking to you about that right now, actually. I appreciate the inquiry, but, uh, you know, and I love you, man. And, but Express Fitness 24-7 is really working out for me. I'm going pretty much every day a week. I'm a little out of sorts because I wasn't able to do it last week. Um, but I'm, I'm loving the program I'm working on, and it's a fantastic place because it's in the name. Once you become a member, month-to-month payment, you don't have to do a year-long contract, very reasonable rate. You can go whenever you like. You have 24-7 access. They give you a little key fob. I'm going to the Zelda Road location, and uh, there are locations all over the River Region. Prattville, Wetumpka, Millbrook, Clanton, Pine Level. Yeah, all over the place. So check them out. You can go to ExpressFitness24.com, ExpressFitness24.com, and uh, tell them Joey sent you. Joey from the radio. I'm loving it. I think you should try it. Put on some James Brown. Put on something funky. Something with a good beat. Get a good warm-up in. You don't have to be lifting weights like I am. Anyway, gentlemen. Eddie Bader's here. I haven't introduced the other guy. Southern Wood, how are you? Clabe. I'm well. How are you? Long day? I stink. You stink? Yeah. Excuse the odor. It's all right. It's all right. Got that body heat. It's been like you've Got been that laying. funk. That's what he means by funk. Yeah. Got that B.O. Yeah, well, that's part of Smell it. Smell like you've been working. Smell mm-hmm. like money. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's been a long That's week. the old farmer's joke. When you sit, smell cow manure, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that stinks. 
And the old farmer says, no, that smells like money. It smells like <laughs> cash, baby. <laughs> cash <laughs> money. But I want to jump right into some of the stories we have here. All right. Do a little I- experiment with you two gentlemen. I know you are both, more or less, the epitome of uh, virtue. Well, like, I'm, I'm sitting here... <laughs> And uh, you and I are the epitome of virtue, Eddie. I'll I'll take that. (laughs) Joey, I don't want him to go the other way with it. He has very low standards. Oh, but of course. (laughs) We're here, aren't we? I'm going to test you, though. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Don't laugh at yourself. (laughs) I gave you a wonderful title. I'm saying that you, I'm giving you a nice compliment. You're the epitome of virtue, Southernwood, as are you, Eddie Pater. That's a great compliment. If you can't laugh. Don't talk to me like Trump right now. I'm not in any mood to be talked to like you're Trump. If you cannot laugh at yourself, make fun of you other can't laugh at anything else. Thus, you have to learn. Thus, your virtue to not take yourself yeah. so seriously. I know. And thus, your virtue. Okay, you're playing right, right into my point, Southernwood. Okay. Not in the mood, Tango, right now, sir. Listen to this story. I'm going to test you. Don't too. make me jump over this table and suplex you again. I don't think you got it in you. No, no, it's it's in me. Let me tell you something, brother. A brother, brother? Brother, brother. You don't want to go there. Not tonight. Not after the weeks I've had. True. Not after the schedule I've had yesterday and today. You don't want to go there, brother. I'll go macho man on you. Yeah, you're going to try to do one of these top rope moves. You're going to try to be all fancy pants and do a a standing suplex, all this stuff. I'm just going to put you in a headlock, and I'm going to hold you there. No, I'm 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 going to say, no, 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 no. And I'm going to just put you in that headlock, that no. rear headlock, and I'm going to say, go to sleep. Run. Go to sleep. Run. Go to sleep. Run. It's okay. See, you just, just, sleep. Go you just nailed sleep. it. I'm going bullet Bob Armstrong yeah. on you. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put you in the sleeper hole, and mm. I'm just going to put you out. And you're just going to be laying there. No, we're going to probably... And then I have to slap you on the back of the neck to wake you up. You know how they do the the running clothesline and they'll hit it at the same time and both will fall down? What's probably going to happen is we're just going to end up putting like sleeper holds on each other and we're both going to be like, go to sleep. No, you go to sleep. In that case... And then we'll both fall asleep. In that case... And it'll be be completely uh, straight. I've seen the Um, video. First one that... uh, Hi, Seth Spotlow? Come on in. Come on in. The whole gang is together, finally. I've been stalling, folks. And you, sir, these two are the epitome of virtue here. Do you have some headphones? Of course. Come on. Come on. Sit down. Relax. Seth Butler just walked into the studio. He's looking good. He's looking like he's been working a lot today. Oh, no. He smells terrible, too. Yeah. We're getting some stank up in here, and that's what I wanted. That's why I've been playing the gym. No, do not spray Mm -mm. Axe Body Spray in this studio. (laughs) You smell like Coleman. Coleman, he he, he sprays it. Right, you smell Crap like a 14 I would rather it smell like B.O. than Axe like, and B.O., okay? This is like a whole, like, manly smell. You don't right. know about that because you sweat once a week. <laughs> I work, I, I just I, got done talking about how I no, work no, out no, every hold day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm pretty sure that Seth just said you're not a man. Oh, Because really? you don't have a manly smell. That right. is a beautiful <laughs> barrette thing in the back of your hair, Joey. A what? A barrette. What's a barrette? <clears throat> that little thing that girls put in their hair. What's it? The, the little clippy thing with yeah. the little... I don't have a clip in. Oh, you don't? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? A pen? No. Six? No, it's just a like a... It's crunchy? No. <laughs> it's just like a hair band. I don't know. It's like it's a simple, right. hey, y'all simple quit. black it, hair band. All I'm right? sorry. I'm just jealous. 
quit macking on Joey. Well, no, and I oh, was about to. You're say, jealous. I am. I'm jealous. Of him. Look at my head. I, it, it, how do we you know think this is I'm about not hair? jealous? This is always about hair, gentlemen. Sorry. Trying to conduct an experiment here. All right. Okay. All right. Joey, these go. two people right here, Seth. They're the epitome of virtue. Those two. Yeah. This guy, and this guy. When I pointed this direction, it's a general wave. Epitome of virtue, epitome of virtue. You, on the other hand, you know. It's a Nazi! <laughs> but I love you anyway. Yeah. And I think you, you're a nice control group here because, I mean, you've been through a lot. You're doing better, though, in life. And so am I. I mean, and you drove all this way just to be here tonight. You're dedicated. You're loyal. Yeah! You're a good guy, but you're not as good as these two. And so here's the Just experiment. I don't talk like this. <laughs> oh, Eddie doesn't talk that way. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. Hold on one second. Can I say something? Hurry up. Dude, too much of you. Too this much week, of him? Too, too much, much of you. Too much Never me? enough of you. You're good. Okay. But yeah, uh-huh. No, well, I don't have time for this. Gentlemen. All right. Picture this. You're a receptionist. Let's say... Uh, a hotel. Am I hot? You can be if okay. you like. I mean, yeah. you're you. Are you hot? You're you. If I'm a receptionist, yeah, I'd okay. like to think I'm hot. All right. Anyway, someone walks in. Wrong. And they say, they've. please stop it with the Trump voice. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on tonight. Am I just going to have to play James Brown all night? It's a zoo in here. <laughs> Trying to conduct an experiment. It's all the pheromones. Well, did you bring a Gilroy in here? Is that why I'm feeling all hot and bothered? What's a Gilroy? I have no idea. It's, it's you get pheromones. You put it on. like. No, it's from all the sweat from the men working. I'll tell you at yeah. the break and what you do. Anyway, you're Go working ahead. at a front desk somewhere. It could be a mall kiosk. Mm, not so sexy. Yeah. Anyway. And somebody walks up to you. And they say, here's a, I found a lost wallet. But they're in a hurry, and they hand you this lost wallet. What do you do? And would your answer be any different if there's cash in this lost wallet? I already know what to do. Yeah, what are you going to do? Um, terrible humanity has already taught me that if you find $20 on the ground and you say, Hey, whose 20 is this? Mm -hmm. Some guy's going to go, Hey, that's mine. And you're going to look at him. You're going to believe him, and you're going to give it to him because you, you try. And then two weeks later, you're going to find out that they lied to you. And then you're going to be like, oh, never again. So what do you do with the wallet? Give the wallet back, keep the money. No, but the person that handed it to you already said, I I'm in a hurry. Here, I found this on the ground. Drop it in the mailbox. Look for money, drop it in the mailbox. So you're taking the money? Depends on how Out much. of the wallet? Depends on how much, where they live, you know. Okay. That's an interesting answer. You don't want to steal from the broke folks. Well, let's let's folks. hear from these... Uh, people right here, the epitome of virtue. Uh, I mean, you hand me a wallet. It's lost, sir. I'm, here, I gotta go. I found this on the ground. Well, here, here you go. I'm gonna open it up, look for an, some type of identification and contact the person and do my best to get up with them and give them the wallet back. Man, we're talking to a Boy Scout here. No, that's all I could do, too. I gotta sleep at night. <clears throat> okay. Because if someone yeah. found my wallet and if I had money in it, Look at I wouldn't expect it back. Look but if I got this. it back, man, how happy I am. I was just kind of being a little silly, but they really are the epitome of virtue, whereas, I mean, no, I, don't I, make me hit that what? button again, Seth. I, I'm not a Nazi. That's a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're I'm not. You're, no, you're not. But you're no, I'm, 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 I'm being... Here's the guy. But 
Yeah, I'm being sucks. honest. No, I know. Yeah. I'm being honest about it. I mean, that's I mean, just the way that, you know. He was raised and I was raised. Right. I mean, that's you look just. For, what if there's no identification? Well, then you throw it in the trash because they should have had an ID in it. Mm. Then, you know, me, I would go so far as to, like, take it to the police department and say, I okay, found I found this. this. I'm not, I can't you're not going, going that far. No, you're not going that far. No, because I know what they're going to do with it. So, um, ah. no, they're going to put it in evidence. No, yeah, sure, absolutely right. sure, we'll go with They're going to take right. the money. Yeah, and, and, and I'm sure that's what would happen. But I mean, but they're going to put out a clean call, on it. I mean, you did what you, were, what you thought was the right thing. I'll so. never forget. I'll tell you a story real no. quick. I have lots of quick stories. You know, said I've never heard one quick. Timer. No, my mother. Uh, she was on a, a medication that was very expensive back okay. in the the early eighties. I mean, it was uh, over like like is like one hundred eighty five dollars a month, Ooh. and and eighty two that was a lot of freaking oh, sure. money. It is. Yeah, it's a lot of money now. And she got it filled one month, and they accidentally gave her two bottles of the medicine, so she had sixty pills instead of thirty pills. And when she got home, she realized it. And I said, Mama, I said, this is one thing. I, I, and I'm, if I break down, forgive me. I'm sorry. I said, I, said, I said, Mama, I said, just keep it. I said, you got two bottles. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to buy it next month. Because, yeah, I mean, it put pressure on the family. You just saved yourself $185. Monetarily. Right. And she's... I'll never forget her saying, I am not sending my soul to hell over $184. And she drove all the way back to the pharmacy and gave the extra bottle back to them. And so it's just, to me, that would be stealing. And I don't steal. I don't lie. I don't cheat a little bit. Well, I might embellish every once in a while when mm-hmm. I'm telling stories. That's just mm-hmm. good storytelling. Come on, that's well, just in the tradition just, of Paul Bunyan and Pecos Bill. Thank you. But but that that taught me a lesson that you don't do that and I mean, I would consider that stealing. Do you it, think and this is a I'm a serious right here. Do you think that memory of your mom making that decision adds to it helped develop your conscience in the sense that when you're alone nobody's looking and you see just money right there you could take it but you don't and and this is an interesting question is your conscience a voice in your head or is it a feeling it's it's a it's a feeling Mm -hmm. in my soul because i mean i call that instinct in the job that I do, and Seth can re- relate with this, I can tell you anything. Sure. I can sell you anything. Yeah. I can say, oh, <laughs> your compressor's blew up. Flux capacitor. You know, it, it's it's not, uh, you know, y- your compressor's not running. you got a bad compressor. Right. When actually all it is is your contactor's bad. Or your man. capacitor, mm-hmm. not the flux capacitor. That, that was a joke. But it, it might be <gasps> something simple. Like a start capacitor? I can, yeah. Or a run capacitor? Or the flux capacitor? So, But you have a feeling, you could take advantage of people very easily, but you don't. And the, and the, the Joey, the you know, feeling Joey, in Joey. you is, I don't do this. Joey, mm-hmm. do you know how persuasive I can be? God, yes. Only with your pants off. <laughs> well said. <clears throat> yeah, you hadn't, and you have not even seen me with my pants off. I know, man, but those shorts are tight. 
but just imagine me with my pants off. Just no. to go back on this line no, now. No. Husband and I live by this thing, okay? Mm-hmm. If you have a chance to do something, always do the right thing. Because yeah. you always have a choice, sure. no matter what it is. Yeah. And they may be two crappy choices, but one of them's always better than the other now, one. Now, when you're thinking about what's the right thing, in a very difficult situation, is it mm-hmm. kind of you having a dialogue with yourself, like you're thinking it through, and maybe it's not like you're you're hearing voices, but you know what I mean. It's yeah, like you're in a conversation with yourself. Yeah. Or do you have a feeling? Uh both. Both. Okay. Uh, the feeling comes first and then the words come. Yeah. Okay. And the feeling's normally right, but if you hesitate too much, you'll lose it. Interesting. Yeah, I, so, so, I and, call it and, instinct. And, and, and for I'm me, it's presented more as a feeling. For some people, it really is an explicit like voice in their head, like an internal dialogue. Yeah, and, and I, I don't know exactly what you're asking, but I mean, it's, it's different for me because I don't even ask myself the question. Right, okay. Of, it's ingrained in him. Yeah. I could do this, but should I do this? No, I mean, it's just... It doesn't even cross your mind, really. No, and and I really do. I swear to God, I think it goes back to that day that my mother said, I'm not sending my soul to hell over $184. Put that wrinkle in your brain, and that's what you always Mm -hmm. remember back. No, I just find this fascinating. What I'm asking, really, is like, how do people develop their conscience, and how does that manifest itself in your everyday life because I think a lot of times uh, you can tell folks like this is the right thing to do this is the right thing to do this is the wrong thing to do the wrong thing to do um, but unless somebody really embodies it and acts it out and develops that instinct like you're saying yeah. then if you're constantly faced with a it's one thing when somebody walks up to you here's a wallet I found it on the ground I don't know whose it is you look and there's a, like $200 in there and you've never really developed your basic sense of right and wrong, you're probably going to take the money. Maybe you don't. But that's an easy decision. And so it's interesting to me how people develop their conscience over time. And the reason, the, the story you shared about your mother is amazing. Because that's a great insight into you saw a model of what's yep. the right thing to do. And that's exactly and where it came and from. I, and, and I think that's you, where the conscience comes from. I think you just hit the nail on the head is it wasn't something that was taught to me it was something that I visualized. You witnessed, yeah. I saw it. And I think the instinct. And that's the way that I was like, well, that's the way you're supposed to be. Yeah. But not everybody's conscience develops like that. Well, they uh, might not have the right. same role so, model that they love. Right. Some of us got a conscience just from making bad decisions. And yeah, you got to learn, man. Right. You and karma's and negative real. reinforcement. Right. And then yeah. you're like, you know what? If I can change this around, if I do this one little thing, maybe something positive will happen. And you build on that. Uh, right, and there are a lot of people that that are older than all of us in this room and still haven't learned that lesson. Well, and, and Seth, you were about to say something about the instinct. Oh yeah, instinct. It, it's like whenever you're, it's your animal instinct. You know, it's. I mean, it's with you when you're born. You don't learn that. It's just a feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, you you said that. Uh, go ahead. Never mind. Yeah, but now here's the thing. I. Uh, I got this idea about the wallet. It's an article that's out yeah. on uh, NPR today. It's actually uh, researchers. Um, they've just published some findings in the journal Science. I'm actually reading it here for the first time. They said, experiment started small. Um, it was a research assistant in Finland. He would turn in a few wallets with different amounts of money. He would walk up to the counter of a big public place, like a bank or a post office, He'd act as a tourist, and he'd mention that he found the wallet outside around the corner, that he asked the employees to take care of it. 
And the researchers assumed that putting money in the wallet would make people less likely to return it because the payoff would be bigger. A poll of 279 top-performing academic economists agreed, oh, yeah, y'all's theory's probably right. More money, less likely people sure. turn it in. It's probably more likely. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Right. But the researchers saw the opposite. People were more likely mm-hmm. to return a wallet when it contained a higher amount of money. At first, we almost couldn't believe it, the researchers saying Cone, and told him to triple the amount of money in the wallet. But yet again, we found the same puzzling finding. The more money, even triple it. You know, $1,000 in this wallet. More money, the more likely people were to turn it in. I don't think that's puzzling. You ever seen Clerks? Who? The black and white Kevin Smith movie, Clerks. Oh, yeah, it's Clerks, been a yeah. while, but yeah. Love Clerks. Okay, Clerks, um, the, the guys behind the cash register go in the back, Dominic. and they uh, leave a bunch of change and a sign that says we're watching. Yeah. yeah. So people take their own change because they think right. people are watching. Yep. Right. People are paranoid. More money, more idea. You think somebody's watching you. Well, that too, but when you see that, like if you find a wallet that's just got, say, 30 grand in it, well, your assumption probably is that's somebody's every penny they got. See, I like, I like Seth has a cynicism about oh, sure. I learned this stuff by myself. That the more money you think somebody's watching you, and I have the exact opposite feeling is, oh, well, it's 20 bucks. Sure. I mean, how are they going to miss 20 bucks? I would be more likely to take 20 bucks yeah. than, I mean, if it's a thousand Somebody really needs that thousand. In a wallet. There's a reason I'm that like, much cash is together. Dude, I mean, this is somebody just their wallet fell out of their pocket and I've got to get it, which I would give even 20 bucks back, but I would be more likely even to give the thousand bucks back. Right, but, okay. But not because I thought somebody was watching me. What about the so 20 I, bucks? I like your take there. What about the 20 bucks? You give it back to somebody, you find out they lied. That's on them. That's between them and Jesus. I can't help them. Hey, dude, I don't think they just made me not me. trust people. Sure. Well, Look, I, yeah. Dude walks up to me in a parking lot and says, hey, I need some money. And I said, okay, Bubba. Me too. I, I was over in South Lawn at the Winn-Dixie, and there's a lot of beggars over there. Yep. And he's like, I need some money. And I was like, okay. I said, what you want? He's like, I, I just need, I need some money to buy a bus ticket. I was like, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> a bus ticket. Sure. And, and I said, I said, look here. I said, brother. I said, I'm gonna give you this. I said, I'm gonna give you this ten dollars, and I'm gonna pray over it. And I closed my eyes I and I prayed. I know this story. And I said, I said, Lord Jesus, I want you to bless this man and bless his trip. But if he takes this money and if he spends it on anything other than a bus ticket or liquor or alcohol or a whore I said I want you to curse him to his soul Ooh, and you said curse and I handed the money out boy I bet his eyes were bright dude walked away and did not even take the money I have a big skull on my fence at house and at my house because it scares away the thief well no but do you think actually the point you just made plays into what Seth said that somebody watching, it could be like another person or the law or whatever, but you appealed to like Almighty God in that uh, moment. That guy's like, oh man. Geez. Oh, now that dude and ran away. Curse. <laughs> when you but, throw in curse and. Yeah, uh huh. But it shows everybody's everybody's got their own little thing. Like that guy, right, he, he came there running a scam. 
when you pulled that back on him, that scam that you pulled was much greater than his, and he ran. Well, well, well I'll admit, on I'm all not s- as dumb as I look, Eddie. On all sorts of <laughs> issues and tough decisions I've made in life, I've actually like walked right up to the line. Like I've tried to fight that feeling, that yeah. conscience, and then it's usually like, no, oh, I can't do it. Like I sometimes will even put myself in a compromising situation and go, oh, I, sh- I, I can't be here. Bye. I can't do this. No. Bye, guys. I learned it See all you later. Hey, there was another dude. I, I mean, I run into people all the time. I do so much traveling. If you stay everything. away from the bus stations. No. Yeah. I, I, I think it was on... Uh, the boulevard where the truck stop is? No. It was... Uh, no, I, I, I got a story about that, too. I got a story about everything. Oh, you do. Don't go to the truck. But no, I was uh, right off on ended? Arbor Street right there at the health at department. South Court, and a guy walks up to me, and he says, hey, man, you got some change? I said, what are you going to do with this? And he says, man, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm finna go in there and buy me a beer as soon as I got enough money. And well, I, I give said, it to him just for not lying. Dude, I gave him a $10 bill. I said, you go in there and buy you a, sick, uh, a, a freaking case of beer, yeah, because you told me the truth, and yeah. he said, "Thank you, sir." Honesty and, is the best policy, man. Yeah, just be honest with me. Yeah. So, all you beggars out there, possibly listening, be if you honest. See Southern Wood out in the wild, and be I'm sure, sure they're to be honest, a be- an I'm, honest beggar with. Them. I'm sure they're lo- listening to the Joey Clark radio. Oh, I'm sure right they now. are on <laughs> those transistor radios. Out there, I am the, not him. Number one with the beggars is on the, the Joey mean Clark hot streets of Montgomery. The Joey Clark Radio Hour plays. But I think that is the point, though. Is just be honest about it. Don't try to make up a story yeah. or do something say look i need some meth yeah i mean i'm 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 i'm, I'm you know world, yeah, i got I'm no time i'm jonesing right I'm now i'm it and i'm not I, gonna help somebody poison themselves i'm sorry it's like okay well, well what if they give you offer say hey joey i, need I hate excuses. Your alcohol it's it's a the same thing it's a it's man. more of a slow poison but if it's a, if you there's a guy it. on the street begging you for 10 bucks whether it's for meth or alcohol. i'll amend what i said earlier i won't help people quickly poison themselves <laughs> i know where you got that from <laughs> we learned that at the same place <laughs> so i want to get back to this study here because these researchers weren't satisfied they did this with a few wallets and a few public places in finland and they found, once again, that the more money in the wallet, the less likely they were to take it and keep it. I want to know the outliers in that study. Like, the one dude is like, $2,000. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuffs it down his pocket. I want to know who that guy is. I would is. like to watch the guy. You know, one of them had to struggle. Oh, I'm sure. To watch that struggle. Oh, it's, it's just, be oh that would be me. Uh, you know, that would yeah. be me. I, I would look at it and go, ooh. You'd see him walking right, in but I, No, and I would, yeah. I would not take $1,000. I would definitely... I get... It's not puzzling to me, this idea mm-hmm. of the more money. I've In life, I do remember a story. I was down at the amphitheater, and I walked up to go get a beer, and there was a 20 on the ground. And this was in my head. I did say to myself, I'm not going to take it. And as I'm walking up, and I go get the beer, and I, as I'm getting the beer, I'm like, if that 20 still there, I'm taking it. Making a deal, baby. And it was still there, and I took it. Well, that's like, yeah, it was sitting there wet on the ground. I'm like, okay, whatever happened to me. That's that's different. That is different than a wallet. But here, these researchers weren't satisfied. They weren't. hmm? Happened to me at Walmart. Yeah. $100. Oh, nice. I picked it up. Good for you. Emily was so mad at me. What are you supposed to do? Leave it there? 
I if know. it's on the ground, especially that in that point, terrible okay. place, it's you're just, wallet, home, you're just homesteading. I, I mean, come on. If I don't get it, somebody else is going to. Exactly. Karma, man. Anyway. Oh, my bad. But these researchers weren't satisfied with just handing out a few wallets to a few different people, even when they tripled the amount of money. So they decided to go on a large, large scale. They put together a team that dropped off more than 17,000, quote-unquote, lost wallets in 40 different countries over the course of more than two years. Wow. They went big. All the wallets were about the same. A small, clear case holding a few business cards, a grocery a grocery list in the local language, and a key. Some contained no money, and some held the equivalent of about $13. Research assistants turned them in at the kinds of places people would typically bring a wallet they found on the ground. Police stations, hotels, post offices, and theaters. Such a large operation came with a few headaches, of course, the researcher says. One of the researchers was detained in Kenya for the suspicious behavior. And researchers worried <laughs> that it looked like me. <laughs> and they worried that a backpack full of wallets might raise some eyebrows Maybe. when crossing borders. You know. Anyway, it's also worth noting that for logistical reasons, most of the wallets were not literally returned to the researchers. After people reported a wallet to its supposed owner over email, they were told that the owner had left town and didn't need the wallet anymore. So, keep it. Well, you yeah. know, it's funny. We, we did something like that when I worked at a little auto manufacturer here in town. In our office, <clears throat> every once in a while, somebody would come by and swipe a buck out of the desk. You know, just a dollar. No mm. big deal. They probably wanted to drink or whatever. Huge they, big deal. They Well, they knew we kept change in the, dress, in the uh, desk just really for that. Okay. So one day we got annoyed with it, and I said, you know what? Let's stick a $5 bill up on the door. We had a glass door. So we taped a $5 bill to the door. That sucker sat there for a month <laughs> with nobody touch. You're talking thousands of people walk by there every day. Nobody would touch it. Yeah. But we still would have the occasional coinage or a dollar missing. Right. There's something about the minuscule amount. It's yep. like, yeah, I don't care. Like, somebody owes me five bucks. I forget right. about it very quickly. Exactly. Yeah, but in business, man, you can't, uh-uh, that's not cool. If you're going to take something little like well, that. We're not talking business, no. though. It's, just, it's well, not, yeah, not yeah. Like change for a drink or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But as the results rolled in, so again, uh, 17,000 wallets across multiple countries over two years. And as the results rolled in from around the world, the researchers kept finding the same result. In 38 out of the 40 countries, people were more likely to report receiving wallets with money than without. And in the other two, the decrease in reporting rates for the wallets with money were not statistically significant. So it was kind of a wash. What if the wallets contained far more money? The researchers did a big money test in the U.S., the U.K., and Poland. And in that phase of the experiment, the staff dropped off wallets containing nearly $100 instead of $13. They said the results were even more dramatic. The highest reporting rate was found in the condition where the wallet included $100. 46% of wallets with no money were reported, compared with 61% of those with $13 and 72% of those with nearly $100. So what's behind all this honesty? And the researchers have two explanations. First, just basic altruism. The person who reports receiving a lost wallet might care about the feelings of the stranger who lost it. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. There's some evidence for that. The same team ran a test where some wallets contained only a key, a thing valuable only to the person who lost it. Those wallets were about 10% more likely to be reported than those with no key. Caring about strangers doesn't explain everything, though. The researchers think, and we might have figured this out just talking amongst ourselves, they think their findings also have a lot to do with how people see 
themselves. And most people don't want to see themselves as a thief. The researcher says that they polled people who said if there was cash in the wallet, it just feels more like stealing. And he says the more money wallet the wallet contains, the more people say that it would feel like stealing if they do not return the wallet. Hmm. That's well, amazing if think- that if you're if it's not in the wallet, the feeling goes away. Well, so if I, you- I guess the belonging part of it, being somebody else's, goes away when it's just a hundred dollar bill th- on the ground. I think that's yeah, a very valid right. point. There's no ownership there. Yeah, so. it's easier to take because. But if, if you find a wallet with no money in it, just laying there, chances are, I would think somebody's already stolen the money out of the wallet, and there's no chance to return it. There's no ID, just a couple business cards and a key. Uh, how do you even report that? You just right, right. Well, and they said they they looked into say a country is very poor. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm wondering where they drop them off. Yeah, in it, the hood. People would like return things if the country was a little richer, more primary education, basic necessities were provided for. Then people were more likely to turn it in. Whereas if it's a poor place, less likely because well, I mean the necessity of needing something. Right, exactly, I suppose exactly. it's just uh, it, it shouldn't be though. Right. I mean, that should be... that. that we're not talking about... Uh, I mean, this is a moral issue. Right. It's what is you're talking about. Place. If you you and your family got nothing to eat, you find a wallet in the ground, it's got 10 bucks in it. it that's, that's, Give it back and, and tell that guy to buy you some bread. I mean, and I'm not saying here in the U.S. I'm saying in a country where there is... When 10 bucks can last somebody a month. I, I understand what you're saying, Eddie. And and yes, I mean that that would be something that would go through your head, but I think it still comes down to the moral issue of mm-hmm. what is right and what is wrong. Sure. And this is not mine. Yeah. And I need to get it back to the person that it belongs to. You want to sleep good at night? You want karma following you around? Yeah. No, I got a mirror at the house. Though we actually had a teacher at you know we had a teacher at Catholic starving kids. A uh, teacher at Catholic used to uh, teach at JD, and he said here at like Catholic, he did a little experiment. He left a twenty dollar bill like right up on the podium, and nobody at Cat he left it there for weeks. Mm-hmm. Nobody touched it, and he said at JD that thing be gone like that. And so I, I think it does have to do with affluence. I think it does have to do, well, also a little bit how you raise these sorts of things. Um, Higher quality place, man. It's, it's interesting how this works. And essentially the researchers say that it might be a potential to it potentially beneficial to like companies and organizations promote honest behavior by making the harm that your behavior can impose on other people more salient. And they give an example. Have somebody sign a statement promising truthfulness before they report their car mileage, for instance. Mm-hmm. That if it's not as simple as like a wallet with money in it, but right. like you're going to report your mileage if it's just, oh, report it. They don't really care. They want a round number. You're going to put whatever. But if you make them sign, exactly this is right. very, very truthful. It's, um, then people are more likely to tell you the truth. It's very true. And you tell them if they lie, they get cursed. And that whole little last part will hang in there with exactly. Him. Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, big oogity boogity. You, you ain't got to say oogity boogity. Just, just be, uh, just be honest with people on either side of Karma's it. gonna get you. Just tell the truth. Just say, you know, I'm gonna ask God to curse you. You know, He may, may or may not, but I mean, you can ask Him. Well, we got to break, guys. That'll make you think about it. <laughs> we'll be right back. Gonna go the tent down. Hey, hi, hi. Joey Clark. I'm bad,
Joey Clark. Oh, welcome back, folks. Uh, a little bit of body heat all night long. It all reminds me of uh, James Brown Hot Tub Party. <laughs> that Saturday Night Live skit with Eddie Murphy back in the 80s. Yeah, that's it's a great one. Hot. That's right. <laughs> Too hot. Make it cooler. Good God. Yeah. It's so good. So good. Okay, let's go to the phones. Eric actually called in. Uh, Eric, what's up, man? Hola. Hola. I just wanted to point out, you know, if they're dropping off these wallets with business cards, people are doing some research to, to try to locate where to drop these off. You know, so it's more than just having a driver's license or whatever and trying to track somebody down. Right, it's uh, it's yeah, it's not as simple as like here's an ID, right? Yeah, so all their information, yeah. There's some effort. I had somebody didn't even find the wallet. Somebody brought me a wallet. They want me to give it back to the cat. They didn't want to go to the police station. Well, I didn't want to go to the police station either. So I'm calling this guy's credit cards numbers on the back and telling him I lost it. And the people won't tell me. I'm like, where can I drop it off? Can I take it to a local branch? You'll send it to the guy. No response. They wouldn't do it. Huh? So I, I ended up. Right. Well, I mean, so I ended up taking to the police station. I felt like I had to get this information, more information was in a wallet on me. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, well, Eric, we don't have the best connection here, but I, I appreciate I'm the call sorry. on the point. All right, that was Thank you. Yeah. Uh, adios. Um, essentially, though, we got going off air and where I want to take this. It's one thing when you've got this conscience and you're returning money. Or you're thinking about, should I give this person, this beggar here, money? I've given people money, and I knew this is probably not going in the right place. Whatever. Here you go. I feel like doing a nice thing, I suppose. I feel like getting ripped off today, essentially. And I don't care if I'm being played the fool. Mm -hmm. Um, But imagine if it's a much heavier decision, a much more important decision, a decision of life and death. Um, I was really impressed, I have to say, uh, with President Trump and his decision, if it's exactly how it happened, where he essentially had this strike plan where they're going to strike three sites um, after the Iranians shot down this American drone. And he asked the people in the room, I guess, situation room, how many people die because of this? And they said 150. Yeah. that That's the big if. Yeah. Right. If that's the way it happened, I'm well, very sure. proud of it. Yes, if that's the way it happened. And what what's interesting to me, and the New York Times wrote this up, and I think Trump confirmed it, uh, is that the people who are political appointees with political considerations, people like the mustache, John Bolton, Mike Pompeo, and other political appointees in the room were like, yes, do it. Bomb the sites, even if it kills 150 Iranians. Well, you know the mustache wanted it. Well, of course. Of course he did. <laughs> He'd be lobbing bombs right. every day. Well, because he's, he's probably sitting there going, you know, good, it gives me more power. Sure, he's thinking, you know, put the mustache is growing. <laughs> when he goes home, he swims in his pool of money. Yeah. <laughs> Scrooge those, McDuck. But those guys, Joey, have never had to face uh, a mother or a father that's right. lost a son. It was the military. Of their decision. It was that's the right. military who told the president, you don't need to do this. It's not necessary. And it's not worth it. And I think it's also a weird thing that, that talks about the American people or what the political appointees expect from the people that support them. They think, oh, it'll show weakness. Mm-mm. And that's what we've heard from some of the hawks in the Republican Party and, I think, some people in the media. Oh, look at Trump waffling. 
It's like, okay, if we bomb these sites, is it going to stop Iranian capabilities that we worry about the most? Things like them developing nuclear weapons? No. No. Is it going to get rid of the theocratic regime? And I've learned more about Iran. Essentially, they really are a republic. There is a, a great system, a civil society, a good history, but kind of layered on top of that since 1979 is this theocratic system that almost sees themselves blessed by Allah yeah, exactly as right. the parent. The Ayatollah is like the father of the nation and all these people that need to be you know, schooled and controlled in right. and, and right ways. Ayatollah and, is the guy in the black with the white beard. Yep. Yes. Ah, okay. And essentially, these people... It, but bombing these three sides won't change that. So are these political appointees essentially saying in order to look tough yep. to the American people in the world, you got to kill 150 people, Mr. President? Whereas the military, again, was like, nope. Not and I find it interesting that the motivations of people trained in the use of violence and of force are the ones that say this... They, they're not concerned about public opinion and what it looks like to... President Xi or Vladimir Putin or anybody else in the world they said this is ridiculous don't do it and I have to wonder though because we just got done talking about do you return money in a lost wallet if you're sitting there and I, I think this often gets lost in our politics that awesome decision and I don't mean awesome like oh that's cool I mean that that, that decision that should give you pause <laughs> the gravity of it exactly mm -hmm. Eddie uh, where you can essentially decide life and death because, you know, the Constitution says Congress must declare war. We're, I wish it was more like that, but we're kind of beyond that. We left that it, since when has... And that, oh, since World War II. Some II. dude yeah. in a suit that's Don't, like, do it. Yeah. Get me make a bunch of money. Right. Since mm -hmm. when has Congress decided when we go to war? Well, and here's the even more cynical side of that. In some instances, uh, you could cite people like Rand Paul. There are plenty of Democrats that are like this as well. They really wish Congress had more control over the war-making power. They really do. Right. But I think there are a lot of people in Congress who love the arrangement as is. Because they can goad the president. They can shame him in public. Yeah. They can just browbeat him. Until the cows come home, but then they don't actually have to make the decision themselves. Right. Or, on the other side of that coin, if everything goes well, you can say, hey, great job. Look look at what we did. Yeah. And if everything goes badly, scenario. if everything goes badly, it's like, you know, how I mean, dare the president take this action? Exactly. Freaking mm -hmm. Desert Storm. That was, I mean, there was no declaration. I mean, that was just, Bush said, get in there. And kill those jokers. And that's what happened. Right. Everybody, everybody's popular right. at that point. You know? I watched uh, um, a political movie the other day. What? Which one? Yeah, man. It wasn't a musical, because oh. I hate musicals, but it was Vice. <laughs> the, oh, the Dick Cheney movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. an interesting oh, movie. That was awesome. I, I do think, uh, was it Christian Bale, his portrayal yes. of Cheney, just like the mannerisms, and it was very good. Evil but, man made a bad decision. But I don't know if the... I, I'm not a fan of Dick Cheney, and the, no. the aspects of that movie, I like it because of that. But I think, actually, the one problem I had with Vice is it sort of descended into... A left-wing caricature of, I think, a complicated man. I don't think he was that simple in the way he solved things, went about things, or at least they got hints of the truth. And I was going on this earlier today, and I think the best stories are the ones where you go, okay, what that guy did was wrong and evil or whatever, or it was a power grab, whatever you want to say, but I could also understand where he's coming from. I think those are the best characters. 
And I think Vice, they kind of failed to really bring it on home that why he would do certain things. It sort of descended into the political headlines of the that day. When I watched it, some of the stuff that he did, they kind of left question marks in it. Yeah, some of it. And, uh, I mean, I don't know anything about that stuff, but I watched it because, hey... You know, got to make Joey proud. No, it, and it's a good, it's a pretty good movie. It was, man, yeah, it really was. And um, made you root for the bad guy. Did they yeah. did they sh- go over anything? When remember when he shot his buddy when they were hunting? Oh yeah, man, he didn't they care. Did. He didn't apologize. He had some dude do it for him. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll be watching hardcore, that man. <clears throat> oh, and Cheney is crazy he in the sense that like he was in every position of power before he becomes vice president. And the vice presidency is by the constitutional authority is not a powerful decision or position. Like, you really just sit around and wait if the president, something happens to him, you fulfill that role. Or you could also be president of the Senate, but that's not usually, you know, used. That's kind of an antiquated thing that can still be used. They break a tie, or they can preside over the Senate. Over the years that he was there, he learned how to manipulate all those people very, very well. As different positions for Nixon, for H.W. Bush. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of roles. So he knew all the levers of power, essentially. I don't know if how good old dude did about portraying how he acted or talked or whatever. I think that was very well done. I think that was the best part of the movie is Christian Bale's portrayal as an actor. He really, uh, was really he talks like really, that. Yes. Yeah, he's a good actor. He's really he's well intense. done. It was really, really well His done. His pauses and the way that he said stuff, I was yeah. just like, oh, you are slick. And like between you and Greg have been telling me to pause, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Greg told me to watch Johnny Carson. So now at night from 9 to 10, I watch Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson? Oh, yeah. Some great shows. Him and Ed are, huh. I mean, the pauses are hmm. just hilarious and I love it. But then, I, but let me step back here. I go back to the Congress not having the war-making authority. I think a part that often gets lost in this conversation, Congress should declare war, presidents execute the war, It's a lot of people in Congress don't want that power back because they don't have responsibility. Exactly. At all. They yeah. get to play the PR game without any of the heavy, awesome powers in that decision. And you can sit on top of the fence and see how it ends up yep. and you can and say, that well, I didn't vote yep. for it. Which or, way does the wind blow? Exactly I would have right. voted for it. Mm-hmm. And so and, that's and also, where you end up being. And then another effect is it puts this decision on one person. To this point in history, one man. And now we have a king. Yeah. That we were and, warned against. And yeah. so I, I'm sitting here and I really did have this thought earlier today of what was going through Donald Trump's mind? Was his conscience a voice? Was it a feeling? What was going through his mind when he's told, you can do this, you can kill these people, and you'll be cheered for it? Or you can not. And you'll be criticized, but it's probably the wise decision not to. But at the same time, because we've showed uh, some pause on this one, I think the next occurrence that does come up you know, does set the table, right? And I'm not um, the idea of the maximum pressure campaign against Iran. I'm I'm a bit torn on if, if that's the best policy yeah. uh, because it is leading to when they tore up the nuclear deal. I don't think it was a great deal, but when they tore it up, what it does is it empowers the hardliners in that country because the guy who made the deal was the president of Iran, right. Rouhani. He's the moderate who's mostly elected. The hardliners and more the clerics and those types, the revolutionary guard types, went, See, we told you, Iranian people, and you, Rouhani, that you couldn't trust the Americans. And they essentially seize on it as a power grab. And the idea, though, is that it will pressure Iran, economically speaking, 
to where they will have to give. I'm just, I don't know. We'll see what happens, and I hope it doesn't come to Trump has to make another decision. I think it will. Yeah. It's like a fly that's you know flying around you, buzzing. You swat it, you swat it, you swat it. Well, when you had enough, you kill it. Yeah. That's the, he's the man. He's slick. He's going to kill it with see, That's where I go back to your original question. Hmm. I would say that it is uh, mental more than emotional for Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Is that's the way he was brought up? That's what he feels or doesn't feel. That's that's the way he thinks, and it he actually made a logical decision that it's not worth killing that many people right. to retaliate over a drone. Yes, it's a four hundred million dollar drone, big deal. Right. You know, we say it was in international waters. Right. They say it was over their airspace. Right. And all it would do is really escalate the situation. Right. I don't exactly think it teach right. them a lot. We know the truth. We know exactly where it was. And, yeah, why kill, you know, those people right. for no reason? Just to prove a point. It's Plus, great because normally you hear, like, 3,000 dead and bombing. Right. And this one was, like, 150 didn't die. Yeah, didn't I, I think it. I think he made a wise decision, well, and I think the way he shared it with the American people in the world was an incredible decision to Don't go through the process. You think that that was on accident? Him sharing it? That he announced he was going to bomb them, and then he announced didn't. he was not going to bomb them because of the people. Don't think that was on accident. No, I don't think oh, it was. Yeah. I think that was very, very much on purpose. Yeah, I'm giving him credit. Super calculated. We're running out of time, and so Eddie, we need to tell folks about you. Three two two zero six six two. Thank you. Absolutely, he's looking to buy a oh, cell home. Eddie Bader, this is the man over at the Goodson Group. He is That's the me. epitome of yeah, virtue, man. and he's also very good with the real estate. The market. greatest real try. estate agent in the city Everyone. of Montgomery. I do try. This week, uh, we or actually last week, we came on here. We talked about a house that we had on the market, and uh, we got that sucker under contract in under nine oh, days. That's fantastic. Yep. Uh, Boom. And I really enjoy real estate. You guys that know me, I love hanging out with you guys, too. But I'd love to sell every one of you a house. <clears throat> really, one of them I'm really working on across the table from me, Joey. So people can call you directly, 322 Yep. We can show you houses. And, and, you know, I can list your house. I can help you buy a house. If there's a home listed by somebody else and you want to take a look at it, you're more than welcome to call me up. I'd love to be your realtor. 